Welcome to the Akiyama Brothers Song Screen Podcast, where two film composers from Southern California talk about music and theater, hosted by Mark and Landon Akiyama. This is episode 9, where the brothers untangle the massive score for Avengers Infinity War to uncover the many layers to this story. Subscribe to hear more at akiyamamusic.com. Hi, Mark. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty darn good. I'm feeling great. Are you? Yes, I am. That is correct. I probably sound different. I don't know, actually. <clears throat> I'm yeah. slightly sick, so if I sound funny, ignore it. I'll oh. be good. Oh, I thought you were in, just... In a week. I thought you were just making your voice a little bit lower to sound like Thor. <laughs> are you just making your... Are you mocking me? No, I am not mocking you. Are you mocking me? Yes, the rabbit is correct. <laughs> there, he did it again. Really, you are the captain. <laughs> okay anyway okay oh yeah we should mention uh spoilers well yeah i mean we can't avoid it with this one so yeah if you haven't seen the movie definitely don't listen to it um we'll tell you oh that might have been a spoiler that's not a spoiler what am i talking about that was fine no, but was... there will be spoilers so if you haven't seen the movie yet go watch it unless you want to hear no you don't want to hear that well i did you don't want to hear spoilers before you see the movie i looked up spoilers before i saw the movie so i could um kind of detach myself from the story and listen to the music a little bit easier and that still didn't work <laughs> i was still surprised yeah when i was watching it for the first time i was like okay now focus on the music so you don't have to pay to go see the movie again <laughs> yeah like halfway through the movie i was like oh i don't i'm hmm, I'm, I'm not sure what happened to the music Dang yeah it, i'm already <laughs> i'm already i'm already in too deep yeah this was a really good score usually I don't like Alan Silvestri. <gasps> yeah. My gosh. I wait, know. wait. You do know that he did He did uh, Back to the Future, right? You yeah. do know that, right? I do know that. He also did... He also Can't did, remember it right now. If I could, I would sing it. Uh, Maybe I'll play it later. I don't remember. See, it wasn't that good. I can't think of it right now. But you can't remember it. No, it is good. I just have too many scores muddling around in my head that it's all mixed with the sickness and everything so it's a oh, cool. big pot of sick soup which is brew i don't know which yeah. okay that this is gross let's not talk about this anymore yeah well alan alan silvestri he also scored uh captain america the first avenger back in 2011 and yes he did the avengers in 2012 and this new avengers infinity war okay anyway so follow up from last week we did our equipment thing i don't know how it went um we enjoy talking about it because we're super geeky about like studio gear and everything. And it's really cool to us. But uh, I have no idea if you guys liked it, if it made sense or anything. Um, if you were curious about that piano that we were talking about, the MIDI keyboard, uh, you should check out my Instagram because I have a picture of what the whole like insides actually look like to show you how the keys are actually uh, like a hammer mechanism, like a real piano. So that's on there if you want to check that out. Which I think you should. It's really cool. Yeah, you definitely should. You, you get to see the mechanics. And so, oh, dum, bum, ba, dum, bum, ba, da, da, dum. yeah, dum, bum, ba, dum, bum, bum. Oh, it's a good. That's you a know, cool yeah, you know, that's the Captain America theme. It's called oh. foreshadowing people. It better be. That's cool. how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, 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 what else? Let me see. What else? What yeah. else? What else? Yeah, thank you to all of our subscribers. We're doing pretty well in that realm. Um, still seems like every episode that we come out with is doing better and better. Um, more people are listening, and we really appreciate all that you guys do for us. Um, we, we still want some feedback, so if you guys want us to cover something or if you want us to dive a little deeper into um, scores, maybe a little bit of music theory, um, how that plays a part in setting up a scene for a film or, or, or in a movie um, or any of those things. Let us know. Songwriting. We yeah. haven't really done a whole lot of songwriting lately. We did like one episode for we Greatest did, Showman. Yeah, for stuff, The Greatest Showman. We haven't talked about songwriting too much. So maybe we'll try to do that stuff this summer. Yeah. That'd be fun. But if there is something that we're not covering and you really want to hear about it, let us know. Uh, we do have... I've gotten some feedback before. Um, there's. I'm looking at some TV shows on Netflix to review... Um, that might be a summer oh, yeah, project Westworld for us. Just started. Yeah, Westworld is one of them. 
Um, let's see, OA on Netflix is another one. Um, so just stay tuned and give us as much feedback as you can. There's never too much feedback. Yeah. Okay, with that, let's go. Okay. Let's get into it. All right, well, one of the main things I want to talk about for this episode is how important the score is. Um, so Alan Silvestri, who scored this uh avengers infinity war and has also done like we said captain america the first avenger and then he did the first avengers also so he's the guy who came up with all the original avengers theme and now he's working on this one and bringing all the themes together again so uh, for this one actually we're going to talk about like how he threaded everything together to make a nice story arc and what kind of since there are so many characters how the heck do you handle that? Because each character from each movie had their own theme and what the heck do you do with that? And how do you balance all those themes together? Do you throw them all out? Do you, why do you use some of them who got their own theme back in? And why is that important? And also what did they do for Thanos? Like why was as the bad guy, did they come up with a really creepy score for him or how did they handle that? Uh, what else are we going to talk about? Oh yeah. And then Landon and I also wanted to get into real quick, just like how, some of our uh, couple favorite like superhero scores from the past eh, couple decades since superhero movies have like been yeah. being made when they started getting. I remember popular. my first one. So yeah, you you have your first one. I have my mine was a while ago. I have favorites, or I, I have ones that I like, but then there's one that really sticks out to me. Um, and we'll yeah. talk about that a little. So bit we're going to talk about yeah, we're going to talk about all that, and then kind of how. I think film scoring for superhero movies in particular has changed and why it's kind of changed from now or from then till now. Um, I mean, because the Marvel movies 10 year anniversary, you can really see like the trends of how they've started evolving um, even through the music. So with that, should we begin? I mean, we kind of already began, but yeah. Well, do you want to start with uh, Spidey? Yeah, let's start with Spider-Man, because he's one of the first uh, first characters to be introduced. So Spider-Man, his theme, basically, it, 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 it crawls its way in. You see what I did there? Uh, I get it. <laughs> his theme crawls its way in, uh, really, when Spidey is first introduced, when you first see him. You want to talk a little bit about that, Mark? Yeah, so, you I mean, you first see him on the bus, obviously, and then mm-hmm. his hair stand up on his arm because his spidey sense. Yeah, so that kind of happened in um, track number five in the soundtrack, which is called He Won't Come Out, uh, which is referring to Hulk. Um, but, yeah, you hear Spider-Man's main theme from the Homecoming movie. Uh, they play that when he swings under the bridge um, to head toward to help uh tony stark and see what the big flying donut thing is mm-hmm. yeah do you want to play that yeah see what it sounds like yeah sure uh yeah for this one it's probably best if we play it and then we'll go through and analyze stuff so here is uh he won't come out So it's like uh, super active, right? And then it goes into the part where it goes. uh... That's that's Spider-Man's theme thrown Mm -hmm. in there. Uh, And that happens. Yeah. Like uh, like we said, right when he's swinging under the bridge after jumping out of the bus. Um, Yeah. Wait, who who wrote that theme? Yeah. Oh, Michael Giugino. The ba-ba-ba. Oh, duh. Really fitting for um, Spider-Man's character because he ba 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 feels like he's swinging ya da 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 and kind of jumpy too. Hey, and it's a uh, the ascending thing 
um, kind of goes with along with what we see him swinging up from the bridge and then flying off into the distance to yeah. Um, yeah he's kind of like he's kind of the underdog oh yeah and then the other part <clears throat> so there's like a couple different things that Spider-Man gets his own little moment the like triumphant fanfare thing when uh, Tony Stark sends the the Iron Spider suit off to catch him yeah 17 um, in space so it sounds something like this. Okay, so like you get that triumphant kind of fanfare thing when um when you see his new Spidey suit uh when he stands up in the frame and then you see the Iron Spider for the first time and it's a pretty cool moment. Mhm. Yeah, it's one of those moments that makes you feel really giddy. Because they've been teasing that, like, oh, yeah, they've been man. teasing that idea of Iron Spider for a while, and then when you finally get to see the oh, Spider Go, yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> so Spider Man's next theme kind of comes when he gets an upgrade. Well, he already got his he got a suit upgrade, and with that comes more responsibility. So he eventually becomes a Avenger, and this is a funny where in track eleven, one way ticket remember when Tony and uh, what's his name Dr. Strange are arguing over what the plan is to do and they eventually decide to go to Titan and well now that Spidey's the only backup that they have he gets to become an Avenger and you get um, a whole bunch of regal French horns like these really cinematic Yeah, so what Sylvester does here is he takes like the the uh, the iconic Avengers theme, the main theme. Um, he slows it down a little bit, and he uses a lot of brass and French horn uh, to like mimic a knighting ceremony, a knight's ceremony of being knighted, because Tony like basically knights him. He actually does the movement, yeah. Left shoulder, right shoulder. He says, "Kid, you're an Avenger now." So that's when that happens, and then. Uh, yeah, so it's really cool how Sylvester is able to twist the Avengers theme and turn it into like a a really sort of royal sounding uh, ceremonial type of theme, um, which means that the Avengers theme is pretty versatile, which is kind of what you want for like a main theme because it can be used for a lot of stuff then and you get a lot of mileage out of out of the the one theme right and that's one example of it although Mm -hmm. that's not the first time they use the avengers theme in the movie it also happened like there's a brief part where uh doctor strange is like being carried away by the squidward guy on the on the concrete slab and like spider-man's chasing after him to try and catch him there's a moment where when Spider-Man almost catches him. They play the half of the Avenger, the first half of the the A section of the Avengers theme. Yeah, the first phrase. The uh, the this thing, that thing, and then um, it switches back to like the chase music, and then it p- plays it again. Except the half, half step of it, up. Though. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. yeah, they modulate it a little, little bit, so it creates more tension that way. Um. So yeah, they they do that kind of thing where he he throws in the Avengers theme every once in a while, um, but we don't really hear it in all its full form yet. Um, yeah, and then yeah, like we said, the knighting ceremony with Spider Man is another version of the Avengers theme. Yeah. yeah, so we end up getting a lot of variations in this movie of just the Avengers yeah. theme alone. When I was listening to it, I didn't hear that many different themes. A lot of it was in the Avengers, but it was like variations um, where yeah. that theme is it gets extended and then it gets kind of filled out more. And then we also get kind of darker melancholy themes that that yeah. just play throughout the whole thing where Alan Silvestri is just kind of noodling with those. And he, um, Yeah, well, the reason for that is because like the Avengers in this movie aren't really a team. They're not like working together. They're not fighting side by. They're not even fighting in the same, same locations. Like Tony Stark and them are up in space fighting somewhere. Captain America and his side are like, uh, they end up in Wakanda and they're fighting. Yeah. So, 
you don't so really get the full the full like yeah, no, um, weight of the Avengers melody either because they're not really that doesn't fit the story so mm-hmm. he twists it a little bit and you get sections of it but you don't really get the satisfaction of hearing the whole thing at once played like in its entirety um, and that's for a reason it's called story <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's doing a lot to build the story and kind of help the audience. Yeah. He kind of tells the audience how they should feel. Um, Cause there's, there's a few scenes in here where we're unsure about how we feel about certain characters. Like take Thanos, for example, we really don't know how to feel about him in the beginning. Um, so the score is a way of Alan Silvestri and the director's, um, filling out each character and the story and kind of fleshing it out. So once you do understand and know how to feel about the character, you get, you kind of get to enjoy it more. Does that make sense? Yeah. And why am I just rambling? That was, that was a little bit on the rambling side. Okay. I was going to cut you off halfway <laughs> through that, but I had to sneeze. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Okay. You can blame that one on Landon. Anyway, we yeah. did mention Captain America, so let's get to him next. Mm-hmm. Because he's one of the characters that actually gets his theme played from his uh, original movie? Yeah. Here's how this one sounds. Captain America's theme, uh, and this is track nine on the soundtrack called Help Arrives. So here's all the strings. Yeah, those are French horns right there. Marcado French horns. And then you get to hear the trumpets. Okay, yeah, so the first thing in that one is you hear the strings like kind of doing their juggadum, 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 dum, dum. Yeah, and that then each of those of hits, auto pattern. each of those hits, yeah, gets lined up with something that happens in the scenes. Either they're catching something or somebody gets hit. Um, yeah, those, it starts big like hits. right when it starts right when Captain America catches that spear that that alien lady throws at him. No, that's it actually, is, that's a hit. The, that's one of those yeah, symbol hits, yeah. Yeah, that's, and, then, and then you see him catch it, and then that's when the, you hear the strings come in going, jug-a-dum, 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 No, you're wrong. No, I'm not, because if it started before, when you see the train passing by, you would know, oh, that's Captain America behind there. No, it actually happens when Captain America comes out of the shadows. He steps okay, in, sir. and then the strings go, and then the lady throws the spear, and he catches it, boom, hit. With the symbols? No, he catches it before you see his face. No, he doesn't. He catches it in the shadows, Landon. I'm, I guarantee you. You're wrong. Wait, let, uh. So he catches it, he's still in the shadows, and then he walks out, and then that's when his theme starts playing when you see his face. Just trust me, okay? You can check it later, but we got a podcast to finish. Oh, I'm checking it now. Yeah, you're right. Okay, see? Yeah, he just checked it. I'm right. Yeah. Okay, so now we know who the real film composer is, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just kidding. I'm just wow. Kidding. <laughs> so why would... Yeah, it but doesn't w- matter. Let's talk about the music anyway. Why wouldn't you want to show... Like, why wouldn't you... I, 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 I don't know. From my perspective, why wouldn't you want the music to start when he's in the shadows? Basically, you don't want to start the theme before you see him because that would give it away. And the characters... On the other side of the train tracks, the aliens and then uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch, they don't know who's on the other side of the train yet. And so you don't want the audience to know either until you see him. So okay. we're finding out who it is as the audience is finding out. That's why his theme starts playing when it does. It's, I mean, it, it could work the other way too, but this way is a little bit more suspenseful. And then I think because it's a little more suspenseful, it's also a little bit satisfying 
and like makes you smile when you hear it then because you're like oh no you're in trouble now <laughs> yeah kind of okay i know i see i see how you're right um for this one so that's why the music is super effective in that particular scene mm-hmm. yeah and then so his theme like the the uh starts with the like the marcato sounding uh french horns yeah, Marcato, the Marcato French horns going. Yeah, and then uh, the trumpets also come in, and then it, it uh, modulates up a whole step to A minor, and then it sounds like. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's an effective way to really use somebody's theme or a character's theme. I thought his entrance was really, really cool because of the way they did that. Yeah, one. it was that super was awesome. strong. That was one of the moments that made me smile. Yeah, we don't really hear Thor's main theme in this. Yeah, not really much. Not really much of his at all. He kind of gets put into the folder with the other Avengers, where you just hear partial, partial Avenger theme. And yeah, Thor's main theme though in the previous movies. Uh, the latest one was Brian Tyler in yeah. that one. Yeah, in Thor Ragnarok, Mark Mothersbaugh uses Brian Tyler's theme for Thor. Even though Thor's character theme isn't in the Avengers uh, Infinity War, Silvestri, he does add some cool new things that we haven't heard yet, and that's mostly happens when they go to Nidavellir. Nidavellir? Nidavillier, Nidavillier, Nidavillier. I'm butchering this. <laughs> Is that the forge, the forging place? Yeah, when they go to the, when they go to the forging planet from the dying star. This isn't really a theme. I just thought this one was cool because it sets up the mood for what we see happening in the scene. And this happens in track 13. What more could I lose? Right here, this whirlwind of chimes and harp and fluttering sounds, it's really setting up the cold feeling of the dead star and kind of what happens there. Yeah, so this was a pretty good moment where Silvestri sets up the theme and tells the audience how they should be feeling. Um, so since since he decides to use um, an instrument that we haven't heard yet, like chimes a lot and yeah. more harp and kind of fluttery sounds, you get a sense of, of cold, um, freezing feeling, kind of like... Not only that, but also like a sense of mystery because like Rocket sets it up as, oh, that planet like actually exists. I thought it was just a myth. Right. So there's also like a sense of mystery to that using mm-hmm. the harp and the, the chimes also. But it's not as elaborate as... It's not as elaborate as it, as you would think because it's dead when they get there, when they arrive. Um, and so what Thor says something like, oh, why are the rings... The rings are frozen. Instead of seeing that they're frozen you end up feeling that they're frozen just from the instruments Silvestri chose to use oh that's true because they don't actually like really show the when he says that they don't show any the rings the frozen rings or anything they yeah don't cut to anything like that right so I'm trying to I'm trying to show that pay attention to how the music ends up making you feel when you're watching movies um yeah and like I've said before, if you watch a movie with the mute on, you really don't feel anything. You, you don't feel any connection to any of the scenes or any of the characters. So um, so that's where most of the music helps you. It helps you like figure out how you should be feeling. Kind of a 40 effect almost. That's, you know, all psychological. That doesn't really, it, it's not really happening, but you've, you, and you end up, your mind ends up, um, feeling something which is just a, a really 
long and elaborate way to say. I was just gonna let you. I was just gonna let you keep going. With that. <laughs> You're gonna have to cut some of that out of there. <laughs> no, I'm probably gonna leave it. So unfortunately, Thor does not get his theme in this movie. The Stormbreaker weapon doesn't really get a theme either, which I I thought that was weird. It does get it gets some really cool music to it, but nothing that's symbolic for what's happening or 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 something that reoccurs every time we see that weapon. You mean yeah, when he first like starts uh like saves everybody on Wakanda by uh, using the Stormbreaker. Yeah, by showing up. No, like that, the Bifrost or whatever. Yeah, no, they actually use the Avengers theme, which I guess oh, I think. Okay. I think it would have been too. It, it might have been too many themes if he wrote one for a weapon and then also included the Thor and then included um, Spider-Man and then Captain America's and then Wakanda's theme. That that might have gotten a little too muddy. So what he does, he ends up just giving Thor and Stormbreaker the weapon putting them into the folder for the Avengers theme where whenever they show up, they just get the Avengers theme. Well, not only that, but he uses the Avengers theme there because Thor shows up to help fight alongside the Avengers. Yeah. Or alongside Captain America and most of the Avengers sort of. So that's probably why he decided to use that instead because it's not really a Thor moment. It's more of like a... A team moment. Like a team. Yeah, it's a team effort moment. Yeah. And then obviously we I mean, get... Yeah, but they do also use the Avengers theme. Yeah, I was just going to say, and then obviously we get the Avengers theme when we first see the coupling of two different characters, Doctor Strange and Hulk, when basically Hulk crashes through Doctor Strange's house and we get the Avengers theme, then basically the, that's the opening title sequence. Um, and then we we hear it again a few times... And like Mark mentioned before, we only hear the first phrase or a variation of that theme, like in track nine, Help Arrives, where we also hear Captain America's theme. We also end up hearing the Avengers theme later on, which is just the first phrase when they enter, get on board the Quinjet. Um, And it's only that first part because still the whole team isn't back together yet. That actually just reminded me of something I wanted to say for Captain America's theme. And help arrives because you mentioned it again. Uh, the ba dum ba dum bum bum bum. It's very like uh, rigid and militaristic sounding, and it's in four four. Uh, yeah. So you get uh, like Captain America's like a march, um, sort of march, a march style. Yeah, because of his background coming up as a yeah, like a super soldier for the army, and then his theme very much follows that an American military march. Yeah. Um, and it's very like rigid and dum pum ba dum pum pum. Even with the strings going jugadum, dugadum, bugadugadugadum. It's like very tight, very rhythmic, very on the beat, very um, tight. Yeah, march. Very yeah. yeah, tight like a march. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just one thing that I also remembered I wanted to mention way back during that. Yeah, and that reminds me of something I just realized literally just now that the team is divided by the same. The same, uh, along the same division lines that we see in Civil War. So Tony Stark and Hill, his crew, is on one side fighting Thanos in one area of the galaxy. And then Captain America and his team are on Earth fighting Thanos. Um, So we still see that divide that's still present. And I'm assuming in Avengers 4, we're going to eventually see the whole team come back together. And then hopefully do some damage which is probably when you'll get the the full avengers theme yeah yeah it was also really cool seeing um chadwick boseman with the first scene when they yeah with the black panther theme yeah yeah that was awesome that was ludwig Gorenson's theme um Mm -hmm. and he gets a credit at the end of the movie because i think they just used his track for that the one with the talking drums that kind of thing yeah um yeah, which, which we, we talked about in our other episode, which I can't remember the number for. It was episode, episode four, four, Black Panther. Yeah, episode four, Black Panther. Wow, that was that was a while ago. Yeah, how about that? We're, we got such a good repertoire now. We're having to refer you back to old episodes. And <laughs> there were like two moments that made me smile. It was his when you see Black Panther again, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, was it spider oh and the iron spider the iron yeah. spider when he gets his suit and you hear the uh 
the yeah. fanfare thing. Yeah. When yeah. Anyway, what's the what's the Avengers track you have right here? Play it. This is just the the partial theme that we get of the Avengers when Cap basically gets everybody on board the Quinjet in track nine, Help Arrives. That was it. Yeah, just that first phrase. The bum 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 bum. Yeah, only four notes. Really short. But it's enough to give you a hint of the Avengers and leave you unsatisfied. Yeah, so that... And if it were to finish, it would go... Yeah, but that... Um, That's not even... So he doesn't even play the first whole phrase. He only plays no, he just goes, a portion of that. The thing with that, bum, yeah, the... A jump bum, of a fifth. Um, up a fifth. Five, down four. To the fourth. Right. The jump of a fifth has always been... Um, Heroic? Like strongly tied to hero, a heroic kind Sorry. of sound. I didn't mean like to steal even your with thunder. Star Wars. <laughs> I know. I am the god of thunder. Yeah, because even the like the most iconic use of it for well, what's the Star Wars one in the fifth? Um, yeah. So the fifth, <clears throat> that jump of a fifth is, um like ingrained in your subconscious as like a heroic kind of dum bum because it's like it's a beefy it's a beefy interval right i mean it's like it's like one of the strongest intervals and yeah because one is very solid and five is very solid but there's a lot of that like broken up theme where you barely get the avengers theme um but yeah it's usually just those those three notes, ba 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 bum, and then that's it. And then Alan Silvestri goes off and kind of does a little expansion on that. But Mark, do you want to talk about Thanos? So, like I was mentioning before, we see Thanos early on in the very beginning um, with Thor and the rest of the Asgardians, um, and. It's really we kind of we really get dark instrumentation, dark themes during uh, during those moments. But throughout the story, as it progresses, we start to see more and more colors, kind of shading Thanos in in different lights. As we get to see his character develop a lot more throughout the story, like in track two, travel delays. Most of what we hear accompanying. Thanos is like tuba, cello, bass, these really dark instruments that mostly just move in half steps. Usually like E flat to D. Yeah, and these yeah, that kind of thing. And these are like these are like usually clusters. They're very clustered together and they rarely make any jumps like you would hear in Spider-Man's theme or even in the Avengers theme, you don't hear a, a jump of a fifth in Thanos's theme or I don't know if you can really call it a theme. It's more like um, coloring we hear. It's more of like tonal support, like a tonal feeling. Yeah. Right. But these this tonality, it really starts to develop more as we hear and see his story unfold. Um, there's also a yeah. track that I wanted when to show. When you're first introduced to Thanos, like we've seen him like maybe a couple times in the previous movies, and he's supposed to be like this, uh, this like huge force to be reckoned with and sort of thing. So when you first hear him, like it makes sense that they that he sets it up as just a 
like a half step kind of um, dangerous, dark feeling. Mm-hmm. And then later, uh, as we learn more about the character, because we really have no idea much about Thanos at all at this point. Other That's than what, what we've heard from the other movies yeah. and from what the characters have said. Yeah, so this movie, like Thanos' arc is pretty interesting as he opens up and we find out more about why he's like his backstory, his history and why he's uh, on this war path. And so what Silvestri does is he opens up his sound palette as the movie goes on and kind of shifts his theme a little bit to kind of humanize him a little bit more as we learn more about what he's doing and everything. I thought this was actually funny when we first see him in travel delays around four minutes into the track on the soundtrack, um, we also hear like your literal bad guy theme, the dum, dum, dum. Uh, yeah, yeah, we hear that. <laughs> yeah, that kind of happens when. I could keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that happens when, like, Thanos throws Hulk to the ground. You're like, oh, oh, snap. He just beat one of the most unbeatable characters we've seen. So this Thanos dude must be pretty dark and pretty... Must be pretty rotten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we... <laughs> and then you get the timpani hits, too. The doom Right. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's it's a literal, you know, bad guy theme with the deep instruments, the timpani, cello, and bass. And... These are big instruments. Like, literally, these are also big instruments. Tuba and bass are huge. They're like the size of a person. So they're big instruments, deep instruments that are fitting are for... They, are they the size of a person? Well, I would <laughs> say... <laughs> Maybe if you're like a kid. If you're, sta- if you're like, playing... I'm like a little kid in marching band class, so... Uh, if, you're playing a, if you're playing an upright bass, those are pretty big. Okay, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, so they fit a monstrous big character. Big sounds for a big character, right? That's always a good rule. And then when, let's see, Thanos uh, takes Gamora, and then he's like brings her back to where they, where he, where she used to live with him. She tells him like how she used to hate him and everything. And then so we get yes, yeah, so we get to hear more of his backstory of how he was a dad and kind of more of a human side of him. Uh, so we get a more of a break from the half step melodies and instead we get a cluster of flowing strings like uh, mostly treble strings so like viola and violin and then we also get a mix of oboe and harp so this really happens when he's explaining his belief system how he thinks the universe needs to be put back into balance there's you know too many people it's a finite universe it, with finite resources and so, so he thinks it's up to him to like reset everything yeah so he he thinks of himself as a savior really and the only person yeah. strong enough with the strong with the strong will to do what's necessary and we get the we get the music to help us help us feel more see his perspective yeah yeah thank you to see his yeah. perspective so that it's more of a flowiness to the music instead of a half step melody yeah, because before, you're, with the half-step melody kind of thing, you're seeing Thanos from Thor's point of view, sort of, yeah, after which is, he, like, destroyed the ship. Which is big bad guy, and then we see Thanos from Gamora's perspective, which is daddy issues. Yeah, but you also see Thanos, like, that's that scene's when the music starts to shift and tell Thanos' perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more forgiving, a little more... How do I want to say it? It's a little more soft, not like quiet soft, but like in the instruments he uses with oboe and the the harp instruments you use to like tug on your emotional heartstrings, kind of thing. And then that that tugging on your heartstrings gets fully developed in track fifteen, even for you, which is where Thanos has to make the hard decision on how to get the Soul Stone. So this becomes a really strong, soulful theme. And it's not, I would not describe this as a theme for, or, or an underscore for a bad guy. But rather, it's a th- 
music for someone at odds with themselves and kind of like an internal struggle. Like, okay, I know I have to do some, I'm do, I know I have to do this terrible thing, but I don't know if I can. Um, so the whole track for 15, even for you, it's, it's, it's really where we start to hear and feel more emotionally attached to Thanos, not just as a bad guy, but somebody who's um, kind of struggling with something. So it turns out, I guess he actually does love her like a daughter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's the track, even for you. So this is an example of the, how the score tells us how to feel about a character because when you first see Thanos, you get the bad guy, literal bad guy theme, the dum dum dum, right? And then he kind of, and then like Mark said, Sylvester starts adding these more colors to his character palette, and we start to feel a little bit more about this character. And this is a great example of that because um, we don't know what you should be feeling about this character and Sylvester kind of points you in the right direction. He's basically saying with this music, this very soulful heart stringing music, you, it's almost really hard to hate this character. So you need to feel sorry for him. Um, so Show don't tell show. Don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to show the audience how to feel without telling them. Yeah. I mean, so, so Thanos doesn't say, oh, you got to feel sorry for me or whatever. But Sylvester uses this music to persuade you to sort of feel like he cares. Yeah, kind of nudge you in the right direction. Actually, what's really cool, there's moments where it shifts from being um, like tortured kind of sounding to suddenly you get this like pretty triumphant sounding chord and that happens a couple times in that track like that we just heard so when it goes from something like this to that that's like a moment where it shifts to slightly triumphant like he does think he's still doing the right thing and you kind of get that vibe uh it's i don't know i thought it was like interesting yeah it i mean because that repeats itself too yeah it does and he also, there's more jumps in the music this time in the melody. So it's kind of confusing how to feel about this character, but we still get a sense that he thinks he's doing the right thing. And it makes it, it make, with this music underscoring Thanos' character, it's harder to hate him as, uh, as a character. Well, it can't, kind of creates, like when it modulates or whatever to different and it jumps to like up a third or whatever to play the same theme. It kind of creates like a whirling kind of revolving sort of um, feeling, which kind of leads you to believe like Thanos is like feeling a whole bunch of different ways about this. Yeah. And we still get, we get also get something similar like that in track 21 catch, um, which is just more, more melodies and more colors to paint Thanos with and we get like a solo oboe a solo cello and then also like a four to eight part harmony 
with strings when you hear Thanos talking about too many mouths to feed and his expectations about what's going to happen coming to actually pass. You want me to play it? Sure. I think this is actually a variation of the Avengers theme that I have here. see right there you get the little avenger snippet next thing i have to talk about is 27 porch and this is at the finale really where we see what's happened and it's only like a a minute long track but you hear so much depth in it it's a variation of what we heard before in track 15 even for you right but it's more it's more of a a filled out beautiful theme yeah, but it also has like solo cello in it and stuff, so it sounds like a like a quartet style. Right. Well, should we just listen to it real quick? Yeah. Yeah, let's listen to this one and then we'll kind of explain it a little bit more, talk about it. Really, this track isn't too complicated. It's just a bunch of strings playing a few chords. But the way it's done... Just a bunch of strings. (laughs) I don't mean to downplay it. I mean, this this is probably the most important song, the most important track in the whole film. Called a piece. We call them pieces, Landon. Okay, sorry. Oh, (laughs) This is probably the most important piece in the whole film. Why? Because... All of all this torment comes to an end. Thanos feels like he can rest now. He's done his job. He done he's done what he needs to do, but it's still a melancholy feeling. So, yeah, so it's still very melancholy. So it's in a minor key. So we really really just hear like a G minor to a C minor. It's really like, I don't know, I thought this was like one of the coolest, prettiest things I've heard in this film because because it has a lot of, it's, it's a really tormented sound. It's in a minor key, um, but you still have these really beautiful melodic cello lines like... And then, so you also have in the, this is towards the beginning of the track, the violins come... And sort of do a counter melody with the uh, cello, and so the two kind of like kind of dance around each other. You and then from those two lines like playing around each other, you get a nice like cohesive sort of chamber sounding piece out of that. Yeah. And then it ends with the Picardy third. The it goes from G minor the whole piece to a G major chord. It ends. Right, so a Picardy third is really just a um, you're in the minor key, and then at the very end of this minor key of the piece, it's an uplifting 
new tonal center, which is now major. So you're basically changing the final chord, the final tonal center of this piece from minor to major. And so in this particular instance, the final progression, you have a G minor chord to a C minor chord, and then it resolves to a G major chord. Yeah, and then end title card, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, but... But when I was when I when I was actually watching this, I ended up hearing that same theme, that G to A to B flat, kind of like what the cello is doing in this track. You hear that a lot if you listen really closely. It's a it's like it's in track seven. Wake him up. Uh, you still hear that in the very beginning. Where and when Stark is calling Pepper Potts on the alien ship, in track eight, we both oh, okay. made promises. Um, when Wanda and Vision are talking about how the relationship works, we hear that theme again, and also in One Way Ticket before Stark knights Peter Parker as an Avenger, we hear that same melody. This with, I don't know if it's a cello, but it's still the same, the same feeling. Oh, okay, so we kind of yeah. he. Alan Silvestri, he sprinkles that throughout the film, and then we get to hear it in its entirety. Yeah, track 27, when Thanos is sitting on the porch. Um, So this last cello thing, this last track is just from track 7, Wake Him Up, when Stark is calling Pepper Potts on the alien ship, and you get to hear that theme in the very beginning. Oh, yeah, and it sounds... It sounds sounds very similar to mm -hmm. this track 27, Porch. There it is. So, at the end of the movie, I ended up really liking Thanos for some reason. <laughs> I thought they gave him a really good backstory. They gave him really good character development. He had a great arc um, just from being a bad guy. And then we get to hear more about him. Oh, he was a dad. Oh, he uh, he ends up having to do something super terrible to his daughter or just to fulfill his destiny. And then, and then he then he now he has to live with it in this kind of sad, melancholy way. I would say I really liked Alan Silvestri's score for this. Yeah, I was really impressed. I like this one. I think the most out of all the Marvel scores. Um, is there anything else? Yeah, is there anything else you want to say about this this uh, the score for Avengers? I think this. I think Silvestri did a good job, like mixing the different themes together and using the 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 of the separate characters each character's theme uh for like captain america and spider-man a little bit and a few other places i think he did a good job of deciding where those moments would work and not overdoing it with having everybody have their own theme but um one thing i did notice i don't know the marvel music is still not exactly like you don't leave the theater remembering the melodies or remembering the themes either. Like Avengers, the Avengers theme maybe, but that's only because you've seen three movies now with those same themes in it. Um, like you'll recognize them while they're playing, but it's not something that you can think back about. Or like, something you can sing like, easily. Yeah. But yeah. part of that I think is too, because um, our movies now are cut like especially action scenes are cut a lot quicker. So you have cuts from one camera to another one to another one real quick. And it's very hard to see the action all play out in one, like one camera camera shot. 
it's usually jumping all around and it's kind of disorienting and it's just hard. It's a lot to look at, but I think that also affects like film scoring because if you have a scene, like even a fight scene, like an action scene or whatever, an action sequence, and they use longer cuts of the camera, that gives the composer more time to like let melodies play out and let melodies stick and everything instead of jumping everywhere to different characters and to different uh, perspectives and just seeing like a whole bunch of stuff on the screen and being bombarded by images and everything. I think that kind of affects how you score. So for that kind of thing, it's becoming like, especially for the Marvel stuff, it's becoming more uh, like action music chase kind of based. I mean, you still get the Avengers theme when like something heroic happens and that obviously stands out and that's really cool. And I really like that. But for a lot of the action sequences, like you can't remember what the music sounded like. You can't hum it back. You don't know what it was. Um, And that's not Silvestri's fault. I'm just saying that's how kind of filming and editing techniques have evolved. And you kind of see that through the Marvel progression. Um, Because the one where I think you get the most iconic like score for a superhero movie, even though it's not technically a Marvel movie. Like my favorite was Danny Elfman's Spider-Man score. But see, like like the train scene in Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, the camera like stays stationary for a lot longer than it does now. So you see the choreography play out and it's like a dance between the two. So you like recognize the moves and everything. And it's not quick jumps of like, oh, something happened, quick cut to this guy. But you see the action kind of play out for longer. So what Danny Elfman does is he was able to really like make melodies stick during those points and not just do like action uh, strings like chugga, 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 or that kind of thing. And uh, I still like melodies and what am what, what am I getting at? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, that's a, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, you're very much of a melodies guy. Um, I think, I think. What... Yeah, but okay. So like back then, like the films just feel paced differently, and the cuts are a lot. They're spaced out more. Oh yeah, that, I think that's that gives very the true. composer uh, that gives the composer a chance to make melodies stick in the audience's head and really use melodies that like variations of melodies too and like twist like the hero's melody spider-man's melody twist that for during an action scene and have the heroic theme play into the action music and everything and i think that sticks a little bit better when you have the room to breathe and aren't trying to match the like aggressive cut look of today's superhero movies Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's any what, action movie. Well, that, that's why I really like this um, this porch song that we got at the very end of Avengers. It's yeah, because it gives you space to breathe and to listen. Yeah, and then you start to feel more about this character. Like, oh, this is just an absolutely beautiful piece of music that you know we get to a, a, a window into what the character is feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we also get that we get that a lot in Spider Man with the Danny Elfman score. Um, I think that was yeah. Well, it, you walk out of the theater being able to sing Spider Man's theme. And what's cool is I was watching an interview with him, and he said so he came up with Spider Man's theme with his Spider Man. Like the heroic horns, the dum, bum, bum, bum. And it worked really well for when he was like flying through buildings or whatever. And all the action scenes and everything. He could tweak it and use it for that stuff. But he said when he tried to put that theme for like Peter Parker when he's not Spider-Man, it felt totally wrong and didn't work at all. Because it's just Peter Parker is not like known for being a confident guy or whatever. So he ended up having to write two different themes one for Spider-Man and then one for Peter Parker. And then like those two themes play in and out of each other. And it's really nice to see the scoring work that he did to develop those themes to make sure they were working for the two different aspects of the character. 
Like, if you think, do you, can you think of Tony Stark's melody? No, no, not exactly. I can think of Thor's melody. Yeah, well, that's a different <laughs> story. Because Brian Tyler does a really good job with setting up Thor's um, melody and tweaking it in different things. Brian Tyler also did the theme music for Marvel's opening credit scenes, right? Yeah, their title sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, thank you, title sequence. Not, yeah. Can I talk about my favorite one now? Yeah, what's your favorite score? I'm not going to talk about the Marvel stuff. I not so much the score, the theme I liked the most for this one was Thor Ragnarok by uh, Mark Mothersbaugh. I hope I'm saying his name okay. right. But anyway, it's like track three where you hear. I for some reason this one stuck out probably well, to me, and I'm sure you if you've seen Ragnarok because it's not like any other Marvel movie. It's like a mix between. I don't know, Blade Runner and Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Gladiator. I don't have a reason for liking this. Like, Mark has a deep reason and deep connection to his Spider-Man theme. Mine's not that deep. <laughs> it's, just, it's just my overall gripe with how how you can't remember music in most Marvel movies today. Well, this one, I can remember. This one's really I could cool. be totally wrong. I don't know why. Um... I don't know. For some reason, this one feels like really, really cool to me. Probably because it has a lot of guitar. It has a lot of synth. And um, yeah. Mm-hmm. His yeah. feels. His just feels absolutely epic. Like no matter where you are, like, oh, epic. It's the God of Thunder. Anyway, those are some of our favorites, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really have much else to talk about. Yeah, you? well, once you guys see Avengers Infinity Except War... Spider-Man's the best. <laughs> once you guys... Well, once you guys see it... Even Tom Holland. And if you... <laughs> if you've already seen it, I hope you let us know what you thought. Please write write to us in the, uh, in the comments. We want to hear your feedback, whether you liked this movie or not. Um, and what you think the score did for it, whether you liked what Alan Silvestri did by sprinkling in some nice dark cello themes for Thanos, or even if you wanted to hear more of the individual character themes of like, um, even more of the character themes like Thor and Dark Doctor Strange, more of the Captain America theme, or even the Tony Stark theme. Um, or we more love, of the Avengers theme. Yeah, yeah. Or, or more of the Avengers theme. We just want to hear what you guys thought about it um so yeah please write to us and you can also leave a review at apple itunes podcasts um there's a link in all of our episode show notes and even on our website and also on our instagrams and feel free to give us a rating that really helps us out on itunes also also uh if you want to stay up to date and get more of like the links that we put into these descriptions and everything uh Feel free to subscribe to our newsletter at akiyamamusic.com. And you can also find like some of our scores there and like what we've been up to and other things that we're working on right now. Yep. And you can also find us on Instagram. Mark is at Mark underscore Akiyama and I am at Landon underscore Akiyama. And we like to put out cool behind the scenes videos that kind of go with the podcast episodes and then just also other videos of what we're working on throughout the day and stuff um so yeah stay tuned for that i think we're i'm actually going to be in miami with landon for his graduation and then we're going to try to do some really cool videos because we're gonna go to disney world hopefully and uh we might try to do some stuff with the music for that around the theme parks rides and attractions and that kind of thing so follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for those those behind-the-scenes videos, and we're going to try to do some really cool videos for that. So go stay up to date and 
see what else. Uh, thank you again to all our listeners on Overcast and iTunes. And if there's anybody on Google Play or Stitcher, we're or on Podbean. a bunch of those. Yeah, or um, Castro. Yeah. That's another one too. Okay, great. We, yeah, we don't need to go into it. But <laughs> yeah, if you like this episode, please definitely give us a rating. And we will see you guys next time. And uh, hope you guys have a great two weeks. Yes, and thank you for listening. All right, that's about it. I will catch you later. Okay, bye. Bye.